This is the Detection at Scale podcast, a new show designed to help security practitioners succeed at managing and responding to threats at a modern cloud scale. As the volume of data increases and the attack surface expands, it's never been more important to stay ahead of the curve. Each episode will feature interviews with leading security practitioners, thought leaders, and company founders who are building the next generation of security tools. I'm your host, Jack Naglieri, founder and CEO of Panther Labs. Now let's get into today's show. Hey, and welcome to episode four of the Detection at Scale podcast. I'm here today with Miguel Viana, a security engineer at TalkDesk. Miguel has over 15 years of experience as an information security professional and is passionate about understanding security risks, along with how to reduce and handle them appropriately. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jack. Thank you for having me. Of course. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What about you? Doing well. It's a gloomy San Francisco morning. So, you know, just drinking coffee, getting ready for the day. I really appreciate you coming on today. I think just to kind of give people a little bit of a sense of what you work on at TalkDesk, can you just give a quick overview on what you're working on today? Yeah, sure. Definitely. So at TalkDesk, I am part of the information security team and I'm mostly responsible for risk management process, security instant management, and also the awareness and education. So actually, I've been working in, you know, my past years, my experience was from traditional premises IT security. And then only in recent years, I've moved into the dynamic world of cloud computing. So since I'm TalkDesk, it's been quite a ride. It's been an amazing experience, like, you know, shifting some ideas and the concept of shared responsibility in the cloud, in the big cloud that so, mm-hmm. so yes, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. What do you think are the biggest things you've had to learn through that process of going from, as you mentioned, like a more traditional environment to a more like cloud-focused environment? Like what's been the biggest change there? Well, when you look into the traditional environment, and in particular, for example, when looking into risk management processes, there's the concept of shared responsibility. Right. So not everything depends on you, on your security teams and how you deal with risks. It's not something that it's only you who has to deal with those risks. We need to implement the risk mitigation actions or risk treatment plans. That also depends on your cloud service providers. Right. So although that changing and, you know, risk management is still risk management, whatever you're, if you're on a traditional IT environment or if you're in the big cloud, the process of, you know, identifying the vulnerabilities and threats in information resources, you now they change a little bit because of the concept of shared responsibility. So when thinking of how the responsibility shifts, We should try to remember that the provider is going to supply customers with security that will satisfy, you know, most requirements. But you shouldn't be expecting miracles, right? So it's impossible that the provider or the cloud service provider, that it can address every risk that every customer may need addressed, even for items that the provider is responsible for. So we need to implement specific models which are responsibility to define what is your limit where you'll where should you implement your risk treatment plans or you, res- or you should be transferring your risks to your cloud service provider. And those were mainly the things that I have to deal with when, you know, just 
shifting the mindset from you know the traditional part to internal services to big cloud providers. Meaning like, you know, you don't have to do everything in a sense? You still have to do the part of the monitoring risk, right? You still have to rely on that. The whole process needs to be in place, but you start to rely more in insurance and cyber insurance per se. Like, for example, if your service provider delivers services of you know, availability and resiliency and all of that, then if you have a risk of having a system that go down for a specific threat, or a vulnerability, then you can rely on your service provider to mitigate those kind of risks. So your risk treatment plans will be clearly defined with your cloud service provider. And that's good because you don't have to do that for yourself. Yeah, it saves teams a ton of time. How do you think about risk management and vulnerability management in a more like cloud-based environment just in general? And has it been easier than doing it in a traditional on-prem environment? Well. Risk management is risk management, right? Regardless of where your systems and information they are stored. And they still need to be framed, they still need to be assessed, they still need to be responded to and monitored. But risk management in a cloud environment, they must include you know, the service models and deployment models because this impacts the shared responsibility inherent to cloud services. So those are the type of things depending on the models that you're using or software as a service or platform as a service or infrastructure as a service. So that's why when you're using risk management in the big cloud and all of that, it plays the type of service that you have with your cloud service provider will also reflect on the way you do risk management. Mm-hmm. And do you interface with other teams often within the greater security organization? Yeah, well, in fact, as growing fast companies like TalkDesk, because I don't know, maybe seven years ago, we were 400 employee company. And nowadays we are 2,000 employees, right? And we've been adapting the processes and we've been involving the process in making them better and just to attend our customer needs. And the fact that that growth also uh, leveraged the way that compliance and security teams, they deal with uh, the other business units as well. And for example, risk management in here, which is in the traditional way, in a traditional model, it will be concerned with ensuring, for example, that rules and regulations are being followed, which is more related to compliance and regulations and standards. Nowadays, we see that this is more towards integrated risk management, where the goal is to engage all departments to create sort of holistic view of risks across the enterprise, and then design policies and control to address those types of risks. So this is part of, this is the involvement of all business stakeholders from all departments, and it includes product, it includes development, engineering, sales, HR, finance, they really are the front lines of operating systems and software that affect data, security, integrity, and privacy. So risk management shifts from that mindset of traditional, what is traditional, what is compliance, what it is regulatory. And we start working with business unit and try to identify all the vulnerabilities in an early stage, right? It almost scratched the surface of a threat modeling where you will be identifying the vulnerabilities and the threats. And now the threats can support those vulnerabilities, even in an early stage. 
So threat modeling also plays a big role in the risk management process. You know, just to, as part of the design, to identify any potential threats. And this is why information security teams are always, or, you know, most of the times we are called in to provide some guidance or to identify those same vulnerabilities and those same threats. And then also extends for the security engineering team. So the security engineering teams will do the threat modeling part. They will comprise many different variants, like they will try to implement a stride model, you know, what it is, the one looking into spoofing and tampering and repudiation, information disclosure, all of those things in the stride model. They will do the exercise with the many teams in order to, you know, identify the vulnerabilities before start coding. And that goes also to the other business units. When we look into finance, when we look into HR, when they want to do implement some internal processes and all of that, we are included in the process in order to perform a risk assessment, identification and the risk assessment of it before going forward with those. So TalkDesk is primarily providing, not customer support, but a call center as a service. Yeah, that's it. So what types of threats are you typically thinking about from your perspective? Like, how are you thinking about protecting an organization like TalkDesk? Like, what are the typical things that happen in similar organizations that you worry about or think about? Well, like I said, in the process of risk management and looking at the top risks that our organization faces, I have to say that, you know, supply chain attacks are those of the one that worries most of us. You know, because we had the recent solar winds attack and companies just shift their attention for the supply chain attacks. But we also have our dependency on systems, right? So we rely on service providers like AWS or Google, and that worries as well. And in the landscape of threats, like external threats, we still have to deal with advanced persistent threats. We still have to deal with uh, social engineering attacks. And yeah, I think that that's one of the main vector attacks that have been uh, happening. <laughs> what I believe it's every company is having that kind of vector attacks in their companies as well. But those are mainly our worries. We have other security concerns and we perform annually and constantly, not only annually, so I'm just downsizing this, but we perform a risk assessments to identify the major risk for the organizations. And we come up with a top 10 risk that the organization faces, not only based on eventual incidents that we had in the past and lessons from the incidents, but based on risk assessments, on business continuity plans, on you know all the processes that can help us identify and leverage what risks will the company face. And based on that, we define all the strategies and the mitigation actions to put in place in order to reduce to an acceptable level or to the risk appetite of the organization. Mm-hmm. The thing that came to mind when you were explaining that was how much of an emphasis do you put on certain compliance standards like SOC or PCI HIPAA, things like that, when you're evaluating bringing new vendors into the company? Yeah, absolutely. So this is more particularly with due diligence with third parties, right? And this is also covers the part of risk. I'm really talking about this because everything is a risk. When we look into our suppliers, our third parties, even fourth parties, 
we do this compliance due diligence with them. We want to be sure that they are compliant with regulations, not only for security, but also for privacy, particularly because our databases might be on Europe or might be on United States. And we want to be sure that we comply with regulatory privacy laws. For example, in Europe, we have GDPR and the United States, we might have CCPA, right? So when we have customers from Europe or customers from United States, the transmission of data from one side to another, or if even if the customer wants to have a database only in Europe or only in United States, we need to be sure that our suppliers and our third parties, they comply with it. All the security controls that we need to have in place, they also need to have that. So the due we invest a lot of time in the due diligence over our third parties. We have a particular process for third-party management. And in the process of third-party management, we do this in a proactive way and ensuring that you know all of our um, partners, all of our suppliers, they can comply with regulatory frameworks and they can cover all the organizational security and administrative controls in order for us to, you know, we're not done, we're not only based on, oh, well, I thought they had encryption <laughs> and, and they have a data breach because the supplier didn't have encryption because we didn't done a due diligence over that. So yes, we go throughout all the processes and, you know, we'll perform a quite, quite correct questionnaires, we request them pen testing, we request them SOC 2 and PCI reports, if they have frameworks, if they work with frameworks like NIST, or if they are certified in ISO frameworks, if they are compliant with HIPAA, all of those things. So we need to be sure that the third party is compliant and they have all the controls in place in order for us to even consider them as a vendor. Or as the third party. Yeah. And for me, it's the inverse right now. So like we're in the process of getting those certs. So we have our SOC 2. We're doing our yearly compliance checks right now. We're actually going for several others right now to give companies confidence that they can trust us with their data, right? I mean, that's ultimately what we want. We want to just give people a sense that we we have all of our ducks in a row. We have thought a lot about it security controls and risk and compliance for us internally so we can you know pass that reduced risk on to our customers so yeah it's it's definitely something i think about as a SaaS vendor well cool so just to wrap up a little for today i'm curious on if you have sort of three pieces of advice for people who are who are building these risk programs from from scratch today and for anyone listening in uh, to where it could be helpful for sure as you know, and as I've said before, I'm a strong advocate for education programs. So when we look into the cybersecurity and the phrase that says that people are the weakest link in the security chain, and although it's true, we know that, that should also be a reason for to make them stronger. So my advice here is for someone who is you know, dealing with awareness and promoting cybersecurity culture inside the organization, you know, is to create a security education program to make the security empowering and easy for the workforce to understand and implement without overloading them. Because I found that with many awareness programs that I've seen in other companies, you know, the workforce, they start to be overloaded with contents and contents and contents because we only are looking into 
be compliant, right? We need to be compliant. So we have all of these regulatory demanding saying we need to be compliant with this. So we need to provide training. But we are not looking really into people and making people strong with delivering the right tools with the right knowledge and be interesting, really interesting in them to getting that type of knowledge to build a strong security culture inside a company. So my advice is that invest time in creating a strong education program, a strategic education program that will empower users and don't overload them. Don't overload them with the lots of education content that no one will look at. And you probably have a security incident because someone didn't pay attention to the content that you're trying to deliver. Focus on fewest topics possible, but those who have the greatest impact on the organization. So that will be my first advice. The other advice is for those who deal with the security incidents and incident response teams. Now, one of the things is test, 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 and especially if you have to create playbooks and run books. So test those over and over again. So testing is a vital part of preparing for an incident. So, you know, perform fire drills, do threat modeling, the tabletop exercises to determine, you know, the most effective means of containment for different types of incidents. And, you know, just be prepared. And the other advice would be for the ones who are starting in the industry. And I would advise them, just find what your passion is and become good at it. Put hours in it, you know, make questions, reach out for the community and learn further experience and develop that experience. You might get where you want to eventually. Just don't try to grab everything at the same time or you'll, you will end up with a burnout. So these are my three pieces of advices that I can recall and I can give to based on my personal experience. Yeah, I think they're all super valid. Thank you so much for that insight. And thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate having you here. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Detection at Scale podcast brought to you by Panther Labs. For access to the latest episodes, please visit our website at www.runpanther.io forward slash podcast. And for those interested in running Panther, head to our website, runpanther.io, to sign up for a free trial. You'll get a dedicated instance with the ability to analyze your security logs in real time at any scale powered by detections as code and sending into a very robust security data lake. Our goal is to make detection and response easy, scalable, and fast for you, the practitioner. Thanks. See you again next time.